So we begin a new series of messages today, and this will be a series of messages taken from the Psalms, and the series of messages is brief. The messages themselves, I'm not promising that they will be brief. That would be folly, but the series will be brief. It will begin today, and we'll go through uh, November until we get to Advent, and then we'll do a series, a Christmas and Advent series from the 27th of November through Christmas, and then something new at the first of the year, should the Lord tarry. And uh, so today, though, we begin this series of messages, and in the series of messages, we're calling it Psalms for the Hearts, or what we could say is what to say when you talk to yourself. What to say when you talk to yourself. The idea behind the series is simple, and that is that we have powerful, powerful human emotions that God made us. And we have powerful emotions, and sometimes those human emotions are troubling. Sometimes those human emotions are exhilarating. Sometimes we like them, and sometimes we don't like them, but we can't escape the emotions that God has given to us. And how should we think, and how should we feel? The scriptures themselves help us in that, and the Psalms in particular cover the range of human emotion. And so when you think about the things that you feel, it's good to decide the way you think about how you feel. And that's the way, that's why the Bible so frequently mentions meditation. Over and over again in the Christian Bible, we are exhorted to meditate. In our culture, there's been a leaking in of like Eastern meditation which is a different thing. It's like emptying the mind instead of filling the mind. The Bible never tells us to empty our mind. The Bible, that, that would be folly, and that's actually not possible to do. It's like if you take one thought out, some other thought's going to be there. And so the Scriptures don't teach that kind of meditation. What the Scriptures teach is that you're to meditate on the truth of God. And so we want, that's why we listen to preaching, and that's why we unapologetically preach, because people need the Word of God. That's why you read your Bible. You're almost right. You should read your Bible every day because you need to put thoughts in your mind that come from God. And the world around us is constantly bombarding us with things that are not true or they're half true and they're dangerous and they're deadly. And so what we want to do is we want to put God's truth in our soul, in the deepest part of our soul. And we want to get really good at identifying the parts of our, our mind and our thinking that are not quite right, that are not quite true. They may have truth mixed in, but they're not tr significantly true. And one of the things that can happen is our emotions can lead us astray. And I love it. I'm an emotional guy. You may have figured that out. I, I don't apologize about that. I actually like that. I always feel bad for people who, you know, cry frequently enough or don't laugh frequently enough. And if you want to make me happy, laugh and cry in the same sermon. It's all you got to do. I, I don't mind, you know, baked goods, but I don't need them. But if you laugh and cry in the same sermon, then I feel like I've, well, obviously that, that can be very shallow because sometimes you have people like, uh, that are very, very, they're, they're the still water that runs very, very deep. And they're sincere and godly people, but they're not emotional. I am, however, emotional. You may find that you have, nobody gets through this life without having human emotions. And so that's the idea behind this series. We're, gonna, we're going to identify a handful of feelings that people have, and I'm pretty sure you've had. 
And then we're going to look at a psalm to give us a little bit of a, of a blueprint, a little bit of a track. How should I think when I feel vulnerable? How should I think when I feel vulnerable? And so the psalm that we are going to look at today, as you know, because Jake already read it, is a favorite psalm of my father. I was with him this week, and I took him to a, a, a medical appointment, which was very difficult for him. And it's very painful for him. And he used to be the guy all of us depended on him. We still kind of depend on him. But if you needed something, all you had to do is you get his number, he'll be there to help. If you were broken down on the road, he's the guy you would want because he would show up so fast. He'd have a log chain over his shoulder and he'd move heaven and earth to get you home. That's my dad. But now my dad moves real slow. He walks every day, but his steps are short. And he moves slow. And he's brilliant. He's wise man. But sometimes he's not as, doesn't feel like he's as quick as he used to be. And it bothers him. So now when I'm with him, I actually, when I was a little boy, I have to almost run to keep up with him. But now when I'm with him, I have to slow down. And that's hard to do. And so when he's vulnerable and when he's, when he's weaker than he was, it's a hardship for him. It's the hardship for all of us. It's a hardship for mom. Anyway, I was with him, and I always pick his brain about things. I said, what's your favorite psalm, Dad? He said, Psalm 121. I said, why is Psalm 121 your favorite psalm? He pretty much says, you just need to read it. You just need to read it. Isn't that wise? Wise people. I just need to read it. So, I not only read it, but after our meeting on Wednesday night, oh, we had such a wonderful meeting with the men, with a dozen guys in our men's meeting, which was supposed to be a small group. And it was such a good meeting, and I was so encouraged afterward. And my wife's out of town for a couple of weeks, so I wasn't like hurrying home. So I just stayed here and uh, did stuff at the study. And I began to think about Psalm 121. And then I went home, and I had had too much caffeine late in the day, uh, and I stayed up all night. I ended up like five o'clock in the morning. I'm still wide awake and working. So, you know, this message was written under the influence of a lot of caffeine, <laughs> which could be really good or maybe not. We'll see. Uh, so the Lord just kept putting things in my soul and my heart. But this is a very simple psalm and any ch a child could read it and be encouraged. And even if you're, you're not m moving as fast as you used to move or thinking as quick as you used to think, a poem will still ravage your heart if you let it. It'll still speak to your soul if you let it. I know how you feel. I love Michigan, and Lord willing, I get raptured from Michigan someday, and the Lord takes me to heaven, and us that know the Lord and go to heaven. Or if I die, I want to die. I kind of hope I still get to be your pastor, but we'll see how that works out. Anyway, I don't have any plans on going anywhere. I love Michigan. And my people are from Michigan. My mother's side is from kind of this area, mostly west of here, and down into Dewajak and Niles and such. That's her people are from there. And so this is kind of my area. I'm kind of a Michigan guy in that sense. But I was born in Ohio. My dad's people are from Ohio. And if you go through Ohio on the main, I'll just talk briefly about Ohio. Don't want to irritate anybody. Uh, when, when you go through Ohio on the main drag, it's kind of plain. If you go through Ohio on I-75, there isn't much to look at. If you go through Ohio on I-70, you know, you got to get pretty far east before it starts getting like Pennsylvania, and then it gets really pretty over there. But if you get into the central and southeastern part of Ohio, it's a beautiful country. 
grandparents' farm was in the southeastern part of Ohio, just where the hills start to roll. So when I was a little boy, and we would go to Grandma and Grandpa's house, my sister and I would just sit up on the edge of our seats, as much as our seatbelts would allow us, and we'd watch for the hills. Because when you saw the hills, you knew you were close. We always loved to see the hills, and we always left them slow. They were so beautiful. My wife then, I married my wife, and she doesn't think those are hills at all, because she's from the, what she calls the mountains of Kentucky. And I'm going to tell you something about Kentucky people. They are proud of their mountains. And the mountain counties of Kentucky are breathtakingly beautiful. Wherever I've taken Lois in the world, and I've taken her some neat places in the world, she has said, oh, this is so beautiful. It reminds me of Kentucky. That's just what she says. And so she just has this place in her heart there. And she, her people, you know, are from Kentucky and, and they, this one at a time are dying. And so over the years, we've just gone back to Kentucky. And, and when, they, when we do, we have a funeral a lot of times and say goodbye to somebody. And then they're buried up on a mountain. And so when you see the mountains of Kentucky, it does something to you. And I've been going down there for 43 years. So every time I see him, I, I love him and I love her. And I often think about that when I leave the mountains. I like to leave here early enough that I get to the mountains when it's still light. And I like to leave there and drive real slow out of the mountains. Once I get out on 75, I don't mind speeding with everybody else, according to the law, but, but uh, are within reasonable uh, amount of the law. And, and then lying in the pulpit's a really bad idea, so I just don't want to do that. Get hit by lightning this morning. Wouldn't that be, that, like, remember that one pastor we had and he got hit by lightning? Because, yeah, anyway, um, so, so, we, uh, so we're going out of Kentucky. I always drive real slow out of the mountains. Now, God's people had a similar feeling about the mountains. The Jewish pilgrims and their ascent to the holy city would thrill at the sight of the hills upon which Zion rested. The people loved their mountains. And they would stir up in their hearts the longings for God. Because you see, God told them he wanted them to go up on the mountain of Jerusalem three times a year to holy days. And those would be powerful. Imagine uh, the family vacation on steroids for God. Imagine you're going together with the whole family and you're going to camp out. You're going to eat and you're going to talk and you're going to worship God. You're going to give thanks to God. And the men and boys, they, they go on up to the temple. This is how it worked. And they had special songs for that time. And we actually have these songs in what are called sometimes the Psalms of Ascent or the Pilgrim Psalms. And Psalm 121 is a Psalm of Ascent. It's a pilgrim song. It's a song that the people would have sung when they're traveling up to Jerusalem and the hills would have come in sight and their hearts would have been thrilled and they would sing these songs. I'll lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is our keeper. The Lord is our shade on your right hand. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth forevermore. What a beautiful promise from the Lord. And so the Jewish pilgrims making their way up to Zion were singing the songs of Zion and thrilled when they saw the hills. And here's what I believe. Poetry is good for your soul. 
especially divinely inspired poetry. And these poems in particular have been in the hearts of faithful pilgrims for thousands of years. As a pastor lately, I've noticed something that people say. It's getting popular to say this. I don't know if you've ever said this. Maybe we're different, and I don't want to be unkind or chastise you in any way. But maybe you've had friends who've said this, and sometimes people will say, I'm angry at God. You ever hear somebody say, I'm angry at God. And I was having a talk with my son last week. We were driving up into the glorious autumn of northern Michigan to speak at a men's retreat last week together. And he's a pastor too. And I said, have you had a lot of people saying, I'm angry at God? He goes, yes. I go, what do you think about that? We talked for a while about that. And, and, and we, we talked from different perspectives. What do you think about that? When you hear people say, I'm angry at God, or don't raise your hand or indicate in any way, because it's, I know, very sensitive and personal, but I wonder how many of you have actually had the feeling like, I'm angry at God. You ever had that happen? I wonder about that. So here's what I would say. I'm not sure about that. Maybe I haven't been through the sorrow that some people have been through. I hope I'm never been angry at God. I hope I never would utter the words, I'm angry at God. But I haven't been through the sorrow that some people have been through. And I've, I've prayed to God that he would give me a lifelong fidelity to himself that I wouldn't have anger. But I would just say this, if you're ever disappointed with what God's allowed to happen, or if you're tempted to be angry at God, well, first of all, I'd say repent real fast. But, but the other thing I would say is open your Bible to Psalm 121. This is one of the places you could go. Open your Bible to Psalm 121. And so what I want to do today is I want to help you when you feel vulnerable, or you, you could say when you feel tempted to be frustrated with, with God. We who believe are all pilgrims on a dangerous journey to a delightful place. Jordan, you, I don't know if you did it on purpose, but you said that earlier about the, the pilgrims. You said we're pilgrims. I'm like, two guys working together right now. We're pilgrims following, we're pilgrims, we're, we're travelers, and we're on a dangerous journey to a delightful place. Think about that. So when you're on a dangerous journey to a delightful place, you might notice the beauty around you, but you would also stick together, and you would help one another, you would take things very seriously, and this is what, so here's what we want to do. We want to, we want to consider this psalm, and we want to do it by, by asking four questions, or actually two questions and then two suggestions. Two questions and two suggestions. I'm going to, I'm going to call them suggestions, and, but I'm going to suggest them very passionately. All right, so one question. So think about this. What troubles do you have? What vulnerabilities do you have? I mentioned one of mine, and that is aging parents. And they, it burdens my heart sometimes about my aging parents. Maybe you feel that way too. I have little grandchildren coming along, and I wonder how long I get to watch over them and guide them. And, and you know, I, I feel vulnerable sometimes. Maybe you do too. What, what, that's one of the questions that we'll ask is that, of the two questions. And then the other question is a powerful question, a, a question you should think deeply about, and that's this. Where do you turn when you have questions? Your, where's your default, you know, where do you default 
setting on your soul that where do you go when, we're going to ask that question. And then I'm going to make two suggestions, and I won't tell you what they are now. But, you, so, but basically, all you have to endure today before, between now and lunch is two little innocent questions and two little innocent suggestions, and then we're done. Can you do this? Stay with me here. Okay, so, so here's, how, here's how it's going to work. So number one, question number one, what troubles do you have? Just think about it. And the trouble of the psalm, notice they had hazards of the road. <laughs> you understand Jewish pilgrims that were coming from the north would go along the route, along the, the Jordan, and then they would go through a town you may have heard of called Jericho, and then they would take the road from Jericho, the steep ascent from Jericho to Jerusalem, and that was a dangerous road. Brigands and robbers would stay along the road from Jericho. It wasn't a little happy thing. It was a dangerous road. And so when they're taking the road, they have to traverse this dangerous place first. They had troubles of the heat of the day. In the psalm, you're going to see the promises, the sun in the daytime won't hurt you, the moon in the nighttime won't hurt you. There were troubles in the 